If we could all realize that we're all empathic, if we could realize that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, that we can all perceive the true heart of others and that we have those gifts, then I think we would just be able to see each other as the spiritual beings that they are. Hello and welcome to Her Entrepreneurial Spirit. I'm your host, Monique Lover. In this space, I share unscripted conversations with female entrepreneurs who are harnessing the power of spirituality to create authentic and purpose-driven lives and businesses. Together, we are breaking through the rules and fears and leading with courage and love. It's time to lean into your own light as you let these stories encourage you to explore the unlimited potential of your own entrepreneurial spirit. Christy Clemens Hoffman is the owner of Radiate Wellness, as well as the host of the Radiate Wellness podcast. Christy is a lifelong intuitive, channel, Reiki master, hypnotherapist, and consultant whose passion is connecting people with their spiritual team. Welcome, Christy. I'm so excited to have you here. We've already been geeking out <laughs> off recording and oh, I just know this conversation is going to flow and be pretty amazing. Oh, it's going to be great. I know. I've been excited for this. I just feel like I've I've met a, a soul sister. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like I that too. <laughs> when I reached out to Christy, I thought this is someone that I need to talk <laughs> to in person. And um, well, I guess as in person as Zoom allows you, um, but beyond email, beyond <laughs> just text. Absolutely. So good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so tell me, Christy, I know a lot of times you start with, okay, well, what's your story? What's your origin story? But tell me kind of what what led you to the work that you're doing? Was it always something you were doing? Did you have this kind of pivotal point in your life where you're like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> I need to shift. How did it all kind of come about? Well, I mean, I grew up being intuitive and not really knowing that that was something that you could do for a career, uh, not something that was helpful for other people. I, I just knew that it made me really weird. And growing up in the suburbs of Kansas City, um, you know, I learned very quickly that that's not something you talk about at school because it makes you the weird kid. I think it's a little better for kids these days, but back then it made you the weird kid. And so I uh, quickly learned not to talk about that stuff in public. <clears throat> and uh, but I was always interested in in subjects of you know consciousness and expansion, meditation, um, ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, all those crazy things. But just kind of on the down low, I had this aunt who lives in Geneva, Switzerland. She moved there when I was just a kid, and she was practicing astrology, and I thought she was the coolest thing ever. My favorite aunt. <laughs> Sorry, other aunts who might be listening. But um, <laughs> she was, Sorry, you just weren't as fascinating. <laughs> she was really interesting. She was a lot of fun. And so she kind of got me more interested in these things. And then, you know, things happen. You grow up. You. I went to college. I got a degree in theater, um, moved abroad, got a then I came back and got a degree in linguistics 
And but I was always really interested in this stuff and got into listening to channelings, Abraham Hicks, Bashar, all of those folks. And then the bottom kind of dropped out of my world. And my husband decided that he didn't want to be part of the family anymore. We had just adopted this beautiful little girl. She was um, she was a toddler at the time when he decided not to be part of the family anymore. And I was searching for meaning. I was looking all over for what could what could be the spiritual meaning behind this because I knew there had to be something. I felt there was karma. There was past lives. There was something there because uh, we had such a strong connection. And... Of course, you know what you do when you have a problem like that. You get on the, the Internet and you Google. And so in my searches, I discovered Dolores Cannon, Past Life Regression, which I had heard of before, but she really brought it home to me. And she was in Arkansas at the time. I'm in Missouri, and I know you're from Canada, so um, you know that might be a little foreign to you, but Canada, but Missouri and Arkansas are only about five hours apart. So I thought, well, I could get my mom to watch my daughter for a weekend. I could drive down to Arkansas, stay the night, do a session, come back. That, that's manageable. I could do that. So I called Dolores Cannon's office, and her people told me, yeah, she's uh, booked up for the next four years. And I thought, gosh, I'd... I'd kind of like to get this resolved before then. I was trying to hope, hoping to get in a little sooner than that. And they said, well, she's just started training people to use her method and her, to do what she does. Maybe there's someone closer to you and somebody, someone you could get in with. So I found someone in town in Kansas City. And my husband and I both went to this person. And neither one of us got very far with it, quite honestly. And this gentleman, he's a psychologist, um, very well regarded in town here. And he said, well, you know, that doesn't happen all that often. But when it does, I have someone I can refer to you. And so he referred me to this woman who is not too far from Kansas City. And she does readings. And I had been to psychics before. And um, so I kind of knew about that realm. Uh, but maybe just... I think just one by that point, actually. But anyway, I went to her and she told me about some past lives that I'd had with my husband and brought up the whole issue of karma and really helped a lot. And so I started referring my friends to her and they all went to her. And then she started teaching classes and I took every class that she was taking and she's become a mentor for me. And, you know, her all every class that she was teaching. And then I started working with people on my own. And so eventually, um, eventually I decided, well, in fact, let me back up a little bit. I was working corporate jobs at that time. I was in a publishing company for a long time, got laid off from that. And then I went to work at Hallmark, which is based here in Kansas City, you know, Hallmark Cards, and um, got laid off from that as well. And because they're doing these huge layoffs. And all the time, though, I was working outside of my regular full-time job, seeing clients, doing readings. Um, along the way, I picked up Reiki as well, so I was also doing Reiki with, uh, with clients. But then when I got laid off from Hallmark, I said, you know what? I don't want to do another corporate job. And um, it just kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies to even think about it. But luckily, Hallmark has a great severance package. 
And so part of the severance package, um, I got paid enough in severance to, you know, be able to relax a little bit. They also paid for some entrepreneurial courses. So I took entrepreneurial courses. And by then I decided that I wanted to open a wellness center because I had been, you know, working part-time with some clients. There was a wellness center in town and uh, it had just imploded. And I knew that I wanted to have another center like that. And this place offered readings that offered all types of energy work, shamanic breath work, meditation, all kinds of wonderful stuff. And I wanted to start something like that. But I didn't have the capital to do that. So, you know, to get a brick and mortar. And so I decided to make this company a, um, a virtual company, an online company. So Radiate Wellness. Radiate Wellness was born. And I had some other practitioners from that wellness center that had imploded who wanted to come along. And so they joined as well. And now we're a group of four, five actually, um, practitioners here based here in Kansas City. And then one is in Geneva, Switzerland. But along the way, just like the same week that my business was going to launch and become official and be out there, I ended up taking the level one QHHT class because that was always in the back of my mind that I could do that as well. And so I don't know what I was thinking, taking a week off to go to training and starting a business at the same time is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely ridiculous. But um, I did the level one training and it just completely blew my mind. I found out why my husband and I didn't um, really get very far with our sessions because uh, there were some things that were not being done correctly in the protocol. And I've had tremendous amount of success with it. So since then, I started Radiate Wellness. Let's see, what are we, 2021? This is 2016. I'm not strong on math. So I think five years. And yeah, math is not my strong suit. (laughs) <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm told I'm so right brown. I'm not left brain. So I think five, yeah, five years. And uh, since then, I went on to do level two of QHHT, and then last year I became level three. And there are now there are only thirty level three practitioners in the world doing QHHT. And honestly, I've never I've never looked back. So my life is really pretty awesome right now. I've got Radiate Wellness. Um, we've got a podcast, the Radiate Wellness Podcast. And then I do readings, Reiki, and regression. And it keeps me really busy. I mean, you've you've got a very similar life, Monique. Oh. Well, even you talking about the layoff, it's I don't know how many stories I've heard of that final, like spiritual kick in the butt is like, okay, we're literally going to kick you out of here because you are not supposed to be doing this anymore. Exactly. It's that the proverbial two before Mm -hmm. you, we've been telling you, you've been ignoring us. (laughs) What are you doing? Is it funny when you look back that it used to be so much more, it had to be so much more obvious for you to pay attention um, versus then you start to hone the ability to like, okay, maybe I'll start to listen when it's like gentle nudges <laughs> in the right direction instead of my whole life has to be crumbling apart for me to realize that I've just been, you know, pushing on this door. I was talking to another guest about pushing a door. That's a pull door. 
Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had been, I had been working with clients for, um, like 10 years before I started radiate wellness and I enjoyed it so much more than my corporate job. And I, you know, I should have known then it's like, you really, really like doing this. I never thought you could do it full time. Right. I never imagined that, you know, I just thought, well, it's something that, you know, is great on the side. It's a good side hustle. Um, I was getting great, you know, reviews and results from my clients and everything, but you know, it's just taking that leap of faith that, no, this is really what you're supposed to be doing. Do you think that's a barrier for a lot of people that they don't even know that there might be another option? Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's, um, we're conditioned in so many ways to have a full-time job, a job job. And there are a lot of great benefits to it, right? Don't get me wrong. Um, retirement accounts, health benefits, you know, other perks that are, especially at Hallmark, my God, they had great perks. But um, there are some great benefits to that. But we're learning more and more that corporations do not have the same loyalty to employees that, lo- that employees do to corporations. And, you know, there are some great jobs out there. Don't get me wrong. But you know, when you do feel that calling, it's possible to make a life free from corporate shackles and, you know, slip off the golden handcuffs. We have to decide what do we want our life to really be, right? And, um, you know, I decided that, you know, I'm going to see where this takes me. This is, let me just see where this goes. And it's been going great, I have to say. It's been going wonderfully. Yeah, just knowing that something else is out there is just so enlightening. And, you know, today, I, I God love millennials. I think you're a millennial, right? <laughs> I am. That's something that I always shied away from. Um, and for so long, I'm like, I don't want to be associated with millennials. I guess I'm technically an elder millennial. Um, but it, it's really interesting how there's been, I don't know, so much kind of bad reputation around that word. So I'm re-embracing it. I'm like, yes, I am a millennial. <laughs> own it. Own it, sister. Yes, yes. It's so funny. My 14-year-old daughter, um, I suggested that she go. She tried looking for some clothes at, at Forever 21. And she said, Mom, that's a, that's a millennial store. And I said, well, yeah, that'd be great, right? You'd love those kind of clothes. And she's like, Mom, I am not a millennial. I mean, she here she's 14. I'm thinking, oh, duh. I don't know. That's not cool. Right. Exactly. I was like, oh, millennial, (laughs) millennial, you're cool. Right. You know, it shows, you know, I'm a baby boomer. So shows you what I know. And, (laughs) but you know, God love the millennials because this generation, really it's the older crystal generation, which is embracing um, community, which is embracing entrepreneurship. I mean, it's that generation really did a lot in terms of creating social media, which tied people together so much more. Love it or hate it, it connects people. Um, And so much more in terms of entrepreneurship. The whole, um, remember back when you were maybe in middle school, when Occupy Wall Street was going on, right? Occupy Wall Street, total millennial construct, construct, total crystal generation construct, that we're going to shake apart this corporatism 
and we're going to create something new, something different, something that's going to answer more to people rather than than organizations and corporations. So, you know, like I said, there's a place for corporate jobs. I mean, you can do really well in them and have great benefits and everything, but I think there's so much more emphasis these days and more um, more people drifting toward entrepreneurship, calling their own shots, making their own destiny, creating their own world and creating their own income and jobs. So there's something to be said for that. And it took, it took a literal kick in the pants <laughs> for me to a kick out of the nest. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right? But whatever it takes, you know, if that's truly your calling, whatever it takes to get there, you know, we can get there. But I would I would stress that I think the help of having support while you're doing that, you know, through entrepreneurial classes here in Kansas City, we've got the Kaufman Foundation. The Kaufman Foundation started by Ewing Kaufman, who did so much for Kansas City and so much for sports here in Kansas City, too. Founded Marion Labs and, I don't know, did all kinds of wonderful things. But anyway, Kaufman Foundation, I think, might have chapters in other towns, but supports entrepreneurs in a very big way but there's a lot of organizations that do i love how you also bring to the table that there's you don't have to just jump off the cliff with Mm -mm. you know a blindfold and handcuffs on and just totally free fall into it that there are supports there's community there's there's learning there's people that have been there before you that it doesn't have to be a terrifying (laughs) leap no i mean there is this myth in America, at least, of the self-made millionaire. Nobody is completely self-made. No, we we all depend on community. And yes. when we embrace that and really bring that more of that into our lives, it's like the more successful we are. So I know that, you know, my success depends on so many people in the community. Mm-hmm. mentors support everything else nobody does it by themselves what was the biggest support for you when you found yourself kind of getting that kick out of the nest and now you were looking at courses and everything what what kind of helped you stick to okay this is my calling this is what i want to do versus i think i need to get another job right now Right. So that was really the entrepreneurial classes at the Kaufman Foundation. There's also an organization called SCORE, and I can't remember what SCORE stands for, but it <laughs> has to do with self-employed people and business support. And the classes I took there were great. I tell you, the best piece of business advice I got was from the teacher of the, I think it was called the Fast Track, yeah, Fast Track program. And um, I asked, how can I, because at the time I was doing a lot of translation work. I also speak French. So I was doing translation work and editing work because I was in editing for so long. And then I had also this kind of woo-woo uh, <laughs> CV that I'm, I'm working on. So I had LinkedIn for the editorial and the translation stuff. And I said, how can I have another LinkedIn profile for my woo-woo stuff and the the entrepreneurial, you know, like the metaphysical entrepreneurial stuff, holistic. And the teacher said, honey, embrace it all. You speak mm. French and you speak woo, right? So, <laughs> I, <love that. laughs> I think she said you speak French and you speak ghost. <laughs> 
be who you are. Don't yes. bifurcate yourself. Be who you are. And that was probably the best advice because then I did fully step into my authenticity, fully stepped into myself and was able to just, um, you know, embrace all aspects. Yeah. So that was great advice. And I, that's what I would tell anybody. Just be authentic. You know, don't mask who you are and mask your message, mask your, mask your whys for anybody, for anything. You know, just step into that authentic self, which is another thing I'd like to prop meta, uh, the millennials for, because, man, I think millennials, Gen X, it's all about authenticity. It's all about being yourselves, you know, which I think is really awesome. How big of a, it's, it's still struggles. You think about, oh, you go through high school and you just want to be, you just want to be like everyone else and you just want to fit in. And then you get into the adult world and it this pressure continues of, even you talking about your LinkedIn profile that, I mean, I've had those thoughts too. Like, oh, I can't mix that. I can't mix marketing with psychic readings. Like this just sounds like I'm this crazy person who doesn't know what I want in life. Right. But right. that's, but that's actually that when you dig into that fear and like, that's the cusp that brings all those like-minded people to you that don't just want another person that's kind of a very by the book description of, well, you're just this editor, right? That now you bring in so much more to the table that make people want to work with you. Yeah. And it doesn't take anything away with my other skills, right? No. It doesn't take anything away from that. You know, I don't, you know, the Jesus fish symbol. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a tangent here. Do you know the origin of the Jesus fish? No, other than it was on cars everywhere at a certain period of time. Not as much anymore now, but I remember seeing it all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) So back back in the day, you had to be on the DL, on the down low, if you were a Jesus follower, right? And so people would be out and talking to folks, and then they'd take their toe and draw an arc in the sand. If the other person they were talking to was also a follower they would draw an arc in the sand too and make the Jesus fish. So it's kind of a secret symbol. Yes. But it was also like, I'm talking to you and I feel like we're of like mind. So I'm going to draw this symbol. And if you're of like mind and you get it, you're going to meet it and match it and complete the sign. And so it's kind of like that, you know, when we're out and talking to people, there are folks that are way more woo woo than you would ever think right? There are way more of us than you would imagine. And so it's talking to people and it's like, okay, interesting. So you know about the law of attraction. Okay. Do you know about Abraham Hicks? And just kind of following that, that trail of crumbs to find out that, you know, they're probably just as metaphysical as you are and just as interested in all this holistic stuff and might be really interesting to know and talk to. And, you know, Talk about just create, creating community. Um, and so we realize that, you know, the stuff that we do is not as underground as we would think it to be. And so we can be a lot more, you know, and that's really helped a lot because I've, like I was the meditation and meditation person, mindfulness instructor and Reiki master at Hallmark International Headquarters, right? At TVH North American Headquarters before COVID, right? Um you know, I've gone to speak at One Million Cups, which is an entrepreneurial organization in like 
I don't know, 75 different cities in the United States, but it's very mainstream. I also um, did classes on, God, what did I teach? Trusting your intuition and protecting your energy at the Central Exchange, which is an organization for professional businesswomen. So more of the mainstream stuff, because we're finding that, you know, the metaphysical is actually a lot more mainstream than you'd think. And just, I don't know, I, I will not rest until I have total world domination of people <laughs> believing in past lives and knowing that they've got a spiritual team and knowing that they're spiritual beings having a human experience, right? I want yes. total domination of people thinking like that and understanding there's true spiritual nature. This is the way you talk about that. I'm like, yep, that, that is your purpose. Yep. That is what you're here for to shout that from the rooftop from like anyone, right? Like your, your kids, you know, your, your child's friends, parents, or you go to school or your neighbor, or everyone around. And um, it's funny how if you have the courage to broach this topic, which I don't know, it feels like has been taboo. It's like you have to fit inside right. this this normal box as I do my air quotes. Like you said, you would be surprised at how many people just, you know, devour it and like, oh my gosh, that is so interesting. I have all these questions or, you right. know, you're so busy putting labels on them too of, well, they won't be interested because maybe they're a medical professional, right? So they're never going to see the way that I think. And if you have the courage to take that step, to be the first one to draw the curve, right? right. That's the hard part. It's easier to respond. Well, I'm going to complete the fish, but to be the first one to draw the curve is, is the tricky part, I feel. Right, right. Just kind of putting yourself out there in a way, but really it's just being authentic mm -hmm. and uh, finding that, well, and I think this is true for so many things we have more commonality with people than we have differences. Mm -hmm. If we are our authentic selves, we find that commonality. If we're not, we don't. Right. And so commonality builds community commonality, you know, builds connection. And we just need to search for more of that than not. <laughs> isn't that a hot topic in the world <laughs> right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. But I think if people yeah. would just stop shouting at each other and talk to each other, we all want the same things. We want our families to be happy. We want to be happy. We want to be peaceful. And, you know, if we could just drop the anger and drop mm -hmm. the fear that, um, yeah, then we would find that we, we all want the same things. We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. I'll often tell my children to use, use their listening ears. It's like at the dinner table and everybody is shouting and wants to talk about me, me, me. And there has to be a moment of, well, let's just, let's sit and let's give our undivided attention to this person and give them the podium instead of, like you said, oh my gosh, how many times have I said that? Can we just stop? Everyone is blindly screaming at each other. But no one is sitting and, you know, being empathetic and listening and coming from this place of love and kindness. Right. 
if we could all realize, and this is the total world domination thing too, mm-hmm. if we could all realize that we're all empathic, if we could realize that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, that we can all perceive the true heart of others, and that we have those gifts, then I think we would just be able to see each other as the spiritual beings that they are. But here we are in our ego mind that, you know, the only thing that's, that's important is the way I feel so much so that I'm blocking perceiving how you feel, right? That I'm blocking my intuitive gifts. I'm blocking my empathy. And because I am so entrenched in how I feel, it's then, you know, if we, we could all just step into these intuitive powers, these intuitive gifts to be able to understand what the other person is feeling, thinking, um, expressing, and even intuiting, then I think we'd all get along so much better. And this is something that I really stress with my clients, and I'm sure you do too, Monique, is talking to people about, well, do you understand your spiritual gifts? Do you know how much of a clairaudient you are? Do you know how much of a clairsentient you are? You know, you should be working with that and embracing that and really stepping into that. Because I think when we all do, it makes us a bit softer and kinder. And it makes us more in tune with the part of us that's God. Not to put too fine a point on it, but, you know, Jesus said, all that I do, you can do it more. And um, we can. We truly can. But we have to embrace the part of ourselves that's God. God's not out there. God's inside of us. Anyway, I'm not a Christian, but I'm a huge Jesus fan. <laughs> I was listening to another podcast and I love how she's like, Jesus is my homeboy. And she just, it, it's very kind of like you said, it's now you, you're mixing. It's you can be spiritual and you can appreciate spiritual figures and not have to have kind of one you're boxed into this. I have to be this one religion to believe this and that, or, well, in my box, we can't believe in past lives. So I'm not going to go there. It's more kind of going inward to, okay, well, what intuitively, what do you, what do you intuitively know when you start experiencing these things and you're crying uncontrollably and your body is reacting to it in a way, um, kind of embracing that deep, knowing instead of kind of boxing your beliefs into like a perfect, a perfect little system. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, you know, when you brought up something too about boxing things inside is that if we realize the power of emotion and how trapped emotion in the body can result in disease, can result in, in emotional distress, can result in, in all of these things, even trapped emotion from other lifetimes Right. That um, if we realize the emotion that we're we don't cause emotion in others, but we can inspire emotion in others. Right. Everybody's everyone's responsible for their own emotional you know, content. But um, but when we realize the power of emotions that we'll maybe look at things a little bit differently, too, you know, that's fascinating. yeah, that just thinking about the, the way we box things in just maybe. And you realize that's another way that we can all find commonality. What do you think those kind of the biggest sticking points are for people that 
um, are not embracing their gifts or, I mean, are, are scared to kind of look beyond you'll, I'm sure you see in your practice resistance of, well, I don't want to embrace that, or I don't want to kind of think outside, um, of this, the safety zone. Yeah. It's the feeling of not being good enough. The feeling of not being enough. It's like, that's for someone else. I'm not good enough to do that. I mean, this is, I mean, this is what kept me from studying QHHT for so long after I found out about it. It's like, I can't do that. And then all of a sudden I realized I could do that. Why don't I do that? Right. But it's, it's this feeling that that's not for me. You have to be someone special to have that or do that or em- embrace that. Right. Um, people, people call me all the time saying, I just want to know if I have a, if I've had a past life. Yes, you have. <laughs> That's all. We don't need to do anything. Yes. Yes. Right. The answer is yes. <laughs> the short answer is yes. The, the more developed answer, the thoughtful answer is hundreds, if not thousands. Yes, you have. We've all had past lives. I just want to know if I have a guide. Yes. <laughs> There's no one that doesn't. There's not, you know, this exactly. group of people that know you, you don't get a guide. You just get to go. <laughs> You're just going to free fall <laughs> figure it out on your own. Yeah. 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 So people are just not even thinking that they're like air quote good enough to have angels with them to have a guide. I'm not that special. I should, I, why would I have a guide? No, everybody, everybody has guides. Everybody has angels with them. Everybody's got an archangel. Everybody's got a guardian angel. Everyone's got loved ones around them. Yeah. You know, if you can tell, I use a lot of humor in my work. And so I'll tell people, yeah, you've got some amazing intuitive gifts. You've, you've got some, some gifts that you should really embrace. And you're not special. You know, <laughs> kind of tongue-in-cheek. It's like, yeah, you've had many past lives, but you're not special. Yeah, you've got a really strong connection with Archangel Michael, but you're not special. Right? A lot of people do. Most people do. Um have these connections, right? Whether they're aware of it or not, everyone has them, but most are not aware of it. So yeah, having intuitive gifts, having a strong connection with an archangel, an angel, a loved one, or some other guide, you know, knowing about your past lives, I'm sorry, it does not make us special. It makes us human. It makes us, now that you're aware of it, now you're aware, now you can do something about it. Now you can do something with it. Now you can embrace it and learn from it and grow with it. And you're just like, yeah, that's awesome. you right. Now you can, you know, do what you do with more intentionality and you can, you know, use all of this to make you more, um, a more complete and more connected human, which is the goal. Talk to me about that, of, of working towards being this more kind of completed, enlightened, kind of aware human. I'm, I'm curious to learn more about your work and how, how it helps guide people along that. Well, it's that, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, right? And it's bracing that humanity and having the human experience. So it's making the human experience have the biggest impact, the biggest bang for the buck. And I think that's what's really at heart, at the heart of being 
an actualized human and the most powerful human that we can be is that I am embracing this school, this lab that we call earth life. I am going to milk it for everything it's worth. (laughs) I'm going to get a lesson out of everything that I do. I'm going to be thoughtful and intentional in everything I do. I'm going to be mindful with the people around me. I'm going to be mindful in my job Even if it's not a job that I'm excited or enthusiastic about, that'll come. But I'm going to be intentional and, um, you know, purposeful in everything I do. I'm going to live by, um, you know, my own integrity. I'm going to live by my own creed. I'm going to treat people with, with respect and knowing that they're in my life for a purpose, for something that I'm supposed, we're supposed to mutually get or balance or work out or whatever that is that, um, yeah, I'm just going to be the best version of a human that I am going to be. So I don't have to necessarily repeat the stuff I'm going through. So I don't necessarily want to repeat some of these things next time. I want to get it, move through it, understand it, get through it with grace and forgiveness and compassion. And then I can move on to something else. And so you know, I kind of joke that people don't come to see me because their lives are going great. <laughs> they usually come to see me because there's something they're struggling with. There's something they don't understand. There's something they'd like to heal, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, and so when we talk about, like, how was your relationship with your dad? Eh, it wasn't great. Right. I see a lot of people who don't speak to family members who've cut people out of their lives. And that's always a tragedy. Right. But, you know, we talk about how's this relationship? How was that um, chapter of your life for you? It's like and I tell them you have a choice. You can either move through this with grace, compassion and dare I say forgiveness or you don't and you have choice. You have free will. Or you hold on to it and resent the hell out of it and then, you know, have it embitter you. The choice is yours. But if you can embrace it, experience it, move through it, then you're free. If you don't, no worries and no judgment. You just have to repeat that course later. (laughs) And then they just go, what? No, I don't want to repeat this course. Okay, well, you have a choice. Yes. Do you find that brings a new perspective too, Heck when yeah. people can see those past life patterns of like, oh my goodness, I've dealt with this issue for how many hundreds of thousands of years? Maybe, maybe I should kind of resolve it now so it doesn't have to drag right. on. Forever. I have to do it again. Yes, you yeah. know, a lot yeah. of people coming to the earth now who are just like, this is going to be my last time here. I don't want to come back. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> what's your game plan? What's <laughs> What you gonna do? Hit it out of the ballpark, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's your plan, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, and sometimes just having the awareness of something is if it's a past life issue, right? If it's a past life. Um, just having awareness that that was then and I didn't release it, and now it's like I don't even need it. That was then. That doesn't apply to me now. That's not this life. Why do I need to even worry about that? I can let it go. Just having awareness creates a release and creates some healing. I know you're interested in doing this stuff too. It's rewarding. It's like you fall down this rabbit hole and it's, it is so, 
kind of mind blowing and expanding that there's there's no way to go back. I, I often think of how how did I think of things before that right. once you're there, it's like I can't I can't go back to thinking this way or not seeing these things anymore. There's no taking it back. <laughs> no, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yes. No. <laughs> and you know, that awakening process is painful. Oh, yes. For a lot of people. I know it's that, um, you know, I had believed in ghosts and the woo-woo and the UFOs and the spirits and all like that from a very early age. But it's like when I started really investigating it, I'd say early 2000s that, um, you know, came across the secret. And then there's a whole 2012 stuff that began long, long before that. And, you know, all of this was coming in this impending doom and gloom and everything. Um, and then stumbled onto Abraham Hicks and all of that. It's like, then it really started quickening. We talk about quickening being when um, when life really starts to take off, when, you know, a fetus starts to move around, that's they've, they're quickening, right? So that's when it started quickening for me was this awakening process. And it was painful. You know, you talk about you can't look at things in the same way at all. You can't, right? You don't think about things in the same way at all. You can't anymore. Relationships change. Sometimes you lose friends, because they just can't keep up with you anymore. They're just like, whoa, you like that's I'm that's just not where they are, right? They're not on board with some of these things that you're learning. And it can be extremely painful until you find your tribe. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I had a lady on the couch a couple of weeks ago and she was just like burst into tears. She says, I don't have any friends. All of my friends think I'm too weird because she was having some alien experiences and she was having some entities talking to her. And she said, I lost every single one of my friends. And I was like, awesome. You were not on their vibrational level anymore. You, it's time for you to find new, new friends that you vibrate with and you're going to be unstoppable when that happens. Right? So yeah, maybe we outgrow some things. People outgrow their churches, people outgrow their families. Mm-hmm. that's painful that's p- real painful um, i think healing is very um can can be very romanticized especially on social media that it, it is a beautiful thing when you come out the other side but when you're in the process of it i mean and same goes for exploring past lives too i remember when the store first opened for me i was like this is amazing i want to know like who this person was and their middle name and kind of this and this, I want to know all these details and you just become like so fascinated with it. And then when you start to really look in the nitty gritty and the healing and the, the blocked in emotions, like this, this sucks at times. I really don't want to be laying here reliving this, horrible experience that you don't want everything to crumble around you. You don't want to lose those friends, even though there's something better on the other side. It still sucks at the moment. (laughs) When you're going through it. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, you were talking about just like reliving these past lives and going through the suffering. There are ways to do it and view it where you don't suffer, where you, you just watch it. You just look at it for the learning, 
right? Mm. That, that gets fascinating. But yeah, if you, you know, <laughs> so sometimes people will come in and they'll talk about how they had this really religious kind of uptight upbringing. And then I'll ask, does anybody know why you're here today or what you're doing today? Nope, they don't. <laughs> you think you'll tell them? Probably not. <laughs> but it's really fun when they say, yes, my best friend at work really wants to hear my recording. <laughs> That's the only person who knows. It's real fun. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you talk about, too, the different levels of that, um, that it can be painful, but you don't have to suffer through it. You don't have to suffer. Too. And it's almost like a learning experience as you start to to come online and you start to control things like I remember walking around as, you know, as, as a youth for so many years thinking something was wrong with me because you're absorbing everybody's stuff and all of their emotions. And it's almost like as you're kind of tuning in and learning all these new things, it's learning how to control it as well, too. And I love how you were talking about that you can view things as kind of a on a movie screen and not fully immerse yourself into it, but it's almost like your story of being an entrepreneur and you were taking this course and you were taking entrepreneur courses. And um, I don't know if it's just a human nature when you get really excited and passionate, you just want to go full in and um, not be a bit cautionary about <laughs> how you're viewing things or immersing yourself. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's a really interesting story though, with your, with your client and just, um, just being able to sit there and hold space for her and, and to let her know that it's okay, that it's, it's okay for things to shift and move. I feel we get so attached to things and I know I've been there and I'm constantly still there. And you just, you know, you have this death grip on what's familiar, um, whether it's people or places or things in your life that, even though you know in your heart that there's something better, you, there's it's still comforting to kind of hold on to that raggedy old blanket. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's why I think it's so it's so helpful to look at our past lives because we're in this life. We're we're focused on 2021 right now, right? We're living our lives in this moment, and we think this is all there is. Yes. When I lose my job, oh my god, it's the worst thing ever. When my husband doesn't want to be part of the family, oh my God, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. Like, no, you've been actually been through worse. <laughs> the humor that you bring to it too, because I, I think you need, you need some light humor. Yes, you do. No, you totally it's do. You've been through worse. But you know what? Um, but having that perspective, right? Yes. Seeing that this is the life that you're living now is only a drop in the ocean. You've been through so much more. You've had great times. You've had great lives. You have, you've had great relationships. You've had terrible lifetimes. You've had war and famine and pestilence. You've been rich. You've been poor. You've been successful. You've been destitute. You've been male. You've been, people are surprised. It's like, oh my God, was I male? And yeah, you've been male and female. Was I, oh my God, I was black. Yeah. You've been every color of human available, right? Um, yeah, we've had all these different experiences. What we're living now seems like it's the end all be all, but guess what? It's not right that we've had many other. So sometimes if people are having a, and believe me, I see some people with some really tragic lifetimes this time, this time around. Um, and 
you know, we have to just hold space for that. And but anyway, they'll, they'll have, they'll see a lifetime where they were ridiculously happy. Mm. And in QHHT, it's part past life regression. Yes. Or I don't even really call it past lives anymore because we see uh, it's other lives, right? Could be future, could be other planets, could be between lives, could be concurrent. You know, we can have more than one lifetime going on at the same time. So it's it's not really past life, but we've had other lifetimes. So it's part other life exploration, but it's also part talking to your higher self. So we bring in your higher self. And so then I'll ask the client's higher self, out of all of the hundreds, if not thousands of lifetimes that you could have shown this person today, why'd you choose that? And so if they've had a happy past life and having a really miserable time now, the higher self will usually say, because she needed to see that she's been happy. She's had a good relationship in the past. That's not what she's doing now. Right. So it gives us some perspective. It's like, okay, I have to understand what it's like to have disruption in the family. I need to understand what it's like. It's like taking college courses in, I don't know if you remember the old course catalogs, mm-hmm. but I would get this huge course catalog. It's like you turn to the section that's your major <laughs> yeah. and then see other courses that you need to have, but you can take multiple courses will fulfill the same requirements. Then you get all these electives. So it's like every time you come back to have a human existence, you have to get out the course catalog. It's like, let's see, for my major, I want to learn compassion. So I need to have a life where I'm disabled. Mm, let's see, I need to have one where I'm caring for someone who's got a disability. Let's see, what else do I need to I need to take care of some people, like a group of people who are suffering, right? So we take all the courses that we want to experience so that we can be fuller expressions of ourselves. Have you ever read the story, The Little Soul and the Sun by Neil Donald Walsh? No. Oh, lovely. It's part of his greater work, which is Conversations of God. The Little Soul and the Sun is part of Conversations with God, and they took it out and made it its own little children's book. I think your children would love this. Mm. Beautifully illustrated. And so the story goes, this, this little soul up in heaven, I'm going to botch the story, but the essence of it is good, right? So the little soul's on the other side and saying, you know, I really want to learn forgiveness. And God says, are you sure you're pretty perfect as you are? Yeah, I want to learn that. Okay, so let's let's set this up. So the little soul says, okay, I want to learn to be a forgiving soul. Who's going to help me? And another little soul says, I will. I'll help you. You're my friend. I love you. I want you to be happy. I want you to have everything you want. So what do I do? And the first little soul says, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go back down to earth. We're going to be physical. You have to do something really bad to me. But but don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Because I, you're still my friend, okay? But we have to go down. And we have, you have to do something really bad so I can learn forgiveness. But here's the deal. We have to forget that we ever had this conversation. Because what use is the test if you already know the answers? So we have to forget we ever had this conversation. Otherwise, I don't get to experience what I want to learn. Okay, so they both have a physical experience. Soul number two does something dastardly to soul number one. Soul number one learns to forgive. So they get back to heaven when both of those physical existences are over. They take off their masks and their costumes and they compare notes. How did that go? That was great. 
I got to learn forgiveness. And now I feel like I'm more complete. Right. So when, you know, just a simple story, but when we look at difficult relationships and difficult challenges in our life in that kind of light, then we realize it for the gift that it truly is. It's like, yay, I got to learn layoffs. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that you embrace it in a different way. That you do. Why is it all happening to me? It's um, it it's, turns the perspective, and it's empowering. That well, we chose this already. It goes from it's happening to me to it's happening for me. Mm-hmm. And isn't that a huge shift? Huge. huge. It's happening for me. Yeah, and so that'll turn any situation on its side, right? So that you can look at it from a different perspective. You know, it's like in, um, oh, what was that movie in that Robin Williams, he was the college professor and all the, it was at a boys school. It wasn't, oh, it was yes, yes. Um, Poet Society. Yes. I was like, oh, I know this because this was in my, like, when I was really into English and everything. Yes. yes. Sister, yes. I tell you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so he had them, all these boys stand on their desks. So that they could get a different perspective. So they could see the world a bit differently, right? Have an altered perspective on it. And that's really what our work does, Monique, is gives people another way to look at what's going on in their life. Mm. Right? It helps them stand on the proverbial desk so they can <laughs> their difficulties in a different way. And just to have that, it was a subtle shift. I mean, the desks were only like maybe two and a half, three feet off the ground. But it gave them a different, enough of a different perspective that they could see things differently. And so that, that's what this work does. It gives them enough of a shift in perspective so that they can effectuate their own healing. Right? That's what it's all about. Oh, and how amazing is that? Like you said, it's only, a, it's a little bit. You're not going up on like a 20-story building. But just that tiny shift in perspective can make the world of a difference. It can make the world of a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure in your work as a, as a, a psychic consultant, you do, um, I even hate the word psychic. Um, but anyway, for want of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's one of those things you're like, well, what do you, what do you say? What do you do? How do you, how do you give this elevator pitch to someone and not have it be an hour long <laughs> conversation. Right. Well, this is what I really do because titles I find hold a lot of misconceptions too of, well, like you said, what a psychic is. And I'll tell people, well, don't you think we have a local uh, lottery that goes on in the community and half goes back to the community and half goes to the winner. And I'll tell people, well, don't you think like I would have picked like the winning numbers <laughs> already if I could, because there's this fear of, well, I don't want you to tell me how I'm going to die or all these horrible things that people are very fixated on. I don't want to know the horrible things that are going to happen versus what about all the wonderful things that you could be doing and embracing? Right, right. Well, I made that deal with God long ago when I decided that I wanted to do this work with people that I don't want to know the stuff that's going to be devastating for them. I don't want to know how and when they're going to die or a loved one. I just want to get information that's going to help them. How does that help you, right? How does it, even even relationships, like I know when people are not 
going to be together, right? Um, and that is something that I kind of wish I didn't know. But how's it going to help them if you were to say, well, you guys are going to break up next year anyway? You know, how's it going to help them? They're not going to learn their lesson. They're not going to have the experience they need to have. I don't want to take that from anybody. But what I was going to say is that I know that as in, in the work that you do, you probably see past lives for people as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember there was this woman who came in to see me and in the current lifetime, she feels responsible for everybody's everything. Everybody, like if someone's got a hangnail, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That you know, it's like she feels responsible for anything bad that ever happens to anybody in her circle, and she takes on this guilt. Well, what I saw for her was a lifetime where she was in the concentration camps in Germany, and was a rabbi at the time, and all of the people, all of the men in her his. Um, ward their section were turning to this rabbi for help and solace and comfort and um, at the time she did everything she could but it wasn't enough i mean she couldn't you know right what what was this person going to do wasn't going to get them out of there and um, just took on this tremendous guilt from that time and carried it forward to this lifetime she like feels guilty and responsible for everybody no matter what and then just having that realization she was like, oh, that's a ghost. I can just cut myself some slack. I can just cut myself a slack. That's a, some slack because that is that feeling is just such a residual. I don't even know how I got onto that. Such a residual feeling. But, you know, just having realization, like I said, having awareness. Yes. Of what's the greater picture having awareness of where something even comes from we all like explanations yes yes especially when you have this you know you you have this guilt you have this anxiety depression all these things and you're trying to logically piece together well i don't know why why i'm scared of this or that that there's no there's no logical explanation for why it is the way it is at least in this lifetime. And I, I feel as we're just these information seekers and just even having that enlightenment of, oh, well, that's what happened. Okay, that makes sense. And I don't need to bring all this baggage with me anymore. We like to have that, don't we? Yes. They're very curious about ourselves. <laughs> and I've got someone talking in my ear here and they're wanting to mention that we also have an expectation from others because others are always asking us, well, why are you doing that? Why are you unhappy? Just stop being unhappy. Why are you so afraid? You need to look at that. Why are you so afraid? Because we, this also comes from other people and we tend to internalize it. And so if instead of asking people, why are you like that? Why are you doing that? Why not? We can't, why can't we just hold space for them? Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, you're 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 feeling fearful right now. I don't need to know why. Mm. So wow, that's I love it when they give me insights like that. It's such beautiful insight that makes you stop and really pause and think, oh, why don't we? Why do why do we have to explain it? Why why can't we just hold just hold the space to let that person experience 
that emotion. Yeah. Well, and I, I understand like for, for many people knowing where something comes from helps them, but sometimes we might have to ask ourselves, why do I need to know that? Is that because someone else is demanding of me? Where did this start? Why are you like this? Or is it me just seeking to understand myself? So I think that's another layer in the onion of healing. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it so, right? (laughs) It's layers upon layers upon layers. Yeah. And this great onion of healing. It's like, so where is it my expectation to have an explanation or where is it my feeling I have to answer to somebody yes, for this explanation. And so, you know, when we can sort that cell, that, that out for ourselves and there's a genuine, a genuine wanting to know for ourselves, but we have to also see, okay, is this me having to answer to my father, my mother, my spouse? Because that's a different answer. It's different when you're, you're seeking for your own personal fulfillment versus right like you said answering for someone else those are two 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 different ways yes that's two different things and then if you are seeking that approval from your mother or father then it's like okay well that's like that's a whole different book here that we need to <laughs> need to explore yeah and even just asking that question of ourselves might help us with the people in our lives too. You know, am I, why am I demanding to know why my spouse is so fearful of this? Or can I just hold space for for them? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to know, you know, just even answering that for ourselves can help us be more compassionate. Sorry. Spirit takes me in all these crazy tangents. Uh, I, I, oh, I love it. And those are, those are the places that I love to be. I, I love to be on the tangents because when, when you allow spirit to just come and direct the conversation, I find that that's where the beauty and the insight is so much more than if I sat here with a planned script of, okay, Christy, these are the things, these are the points we need to hit today. <laughs> Spirit's like, no, no, no. Like this is this is what really needs to be um, voiced and heard right now. You know, what's so funny is in QHHT, which is quantum healing hypnosis technique, which I realized we hadn't spelled that out. So in QHHT, people can come in with questions that they'd like to ask of their higher self, right? And so they'll come in and they take this, people take this very seriously, So they'll come in with pages of questions. We find that really they're asking two questions, 10 different ways, right? But then we, when we get into the session, sometimes I just have to take these questions that they brought in and check them out the window because their higher (laughs) self has different plans. It's like, this is what you think you want to know, but this is what we want you to know. Yes. Right. That's where it gets interesting. And they're never sad that their questions didn't get asked. They're always so happy that their higher self cared enough to want to 
answer questions that they didn't ask, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what they what we say is like best best laid plans, or um, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like we have, <laughs> you might have, or we make plans and God laughs. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. <laughs> These are the questions you want to ask. This is what you think is important. Ha ha ha. Well, this is what we want you to know. Right. Which is. it's such an amazing and comforting and comforting thing to know that, that you have this part of you that is so wise and so aware and that it it takes the pressure off of you for even having to have this list of questions that you have to figure out. Yeah. It's like you have this wise self that will help direct you and where you need to go that you don't need to sit here for hours pouring over what you think you need to know because you're never alone you're never alone you don't you don't do yeah. it by yourself nobody does everything by themselves sorry there's a spider on my table <laughs> talking about spirit coming in with <laughs> with things it's like hey we're going to distract you with this spider <laughs> I remember this conversation I had in a development group and we were talking, um, one girl was talking about the spider that would live, leave her alone and how she squashed it because it terrified her. And another woman in the group, she's like, oh my gosh, how could you squish this spider? The spider came <laughs> to, to tell you something and you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> you must listen to the spiders. I know. She's like, I don't want the spider. It's Yeah. It, it was a hilarious conversation. So (laughs) I just kind of had this like, oh, this breath of like, oh, wow, we just came out of this, this, this deep space. I know. Okay. I just quickly Googled spiritual meaning of a spider. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, they're they're everywhere and they, you know, they can be scary and aggressive, whatever. Um, However, their aggressive and destructive behavior often overshadows the inspiring elements of a spider. They are creative creatures that can build an intricate and beautiful web with grace and ease. Spiders play an important role in the ecosystem, providing balance by eating other pests. While they seem aggressive, almost all spiders will avoid humans. And spider bites are actually quite quite rare. So, but yes, an ecosystem. Mm. And they're all they're creative, they're beautiful. They are. I don't I don't squish spiders. I I let them live, but I don't want them near me. So I was trying to push it away. <laughs> like I love you, but I just don't want you to live close to my face. <laughs> oh, not near me. That, that is interesting how we, I mean, we had this whole conversation about perspective too in this shift. And when you look at, I remember the spider had this huge web that it built that we were watching it in the span of, I don't know, overnight. And you think, you know, a wind comes and tears down half of it and you watch them in the morning, it's rebuilt and just, um, amazing. just amazing. Yeah. The resilience of Oh my goodness. Like this, you know, windstorm came and just knocked everything down. And here you are, you just, you built it again and now it's stronger and better. Yeah. 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 It's that piece by piece, step by step by step that sometimes I feel can be overwhelming to think about, okay, I need to have this whole web complete (laughs) versus like, okay, just, just the step, the one 
the one thread at a time. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. I love it. I was <laughs> like, love it. Love that movie. <laughs> so tell us, Christy, where can we learn more about you and all the amazing work that you do? I have the Radiate Wellness podcast. And, you know, I'd like to encourage people to listen, subscribe, follow whatever you do in your favorite podcast app. Um, have some fantastic guests. And uh, we're also on YouTube, and we've got a series on YouTube that's um, about the planets. It's called Planet Watch with Mary Jane Stodeman, where she and I talk about what's coming up each and every month for whatever sun sign we're coming into and any pertinent retrogrades, squares, sextiles, anything that's coming up. And then I also have an angel series on YouTube as well, just called Angel Connections. Yeah. And also, you can hear some great QHHT stories. I have some from some of my clients up on youtube.com slash radiate wellness. And the website is radiatewellnesscommunity.com. And the podcast is Radiate Wellness Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and sharing this very special space with me. For more information on how I can help you heal from the past, build trust with your intuition, and take aligned action towards creating a purpose and passion-filled business and life, visit my website at moniqueglover.com. If you loved what you just listened to, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I am so grateful for your loving comments, ratings, and shares. Sending you so much love and light. Until next time.